We've got another full slate of games to look forward to, and luckily for us, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered with so many different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the U.S., not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. Plus... They have new odds, boosts, and promotions on your favorite sports each and every day. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever. You don't even have to leave the house. And for those where sports betting is not yet available, head to DraftKings and check out their app along with all of their daily fantasy contests. If you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use code SI when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to 1000 bucks. That's code SI, the letters SI, to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 dollars only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9- Jim Cramer dominates Wall Street. And now he's teaming up with Bill Enright to help you dominate fantasy football. This is Bull Market Fantasy, presented by DraftKings. Yo, what's up? Welcome inside the SI Fantasy, excuse me, welcome inside Bull Market Fantasy, brought to you by DraftKings, DraftKings Sportsbook. Corey, Bill, and Frankie coming to you today. Now, here's the thing. Now, normally when we do this, we are all, you know, in different locations, obviously. We don't all live together, even though, you know, we do have good times together. But on the program that we use to record it, right, it now has a video option, so we actually get to see each other. So me and Bill are on camera, on screen. Frankie has his camera off. I'm not sure if he's fully closed or not, Bill. You know, who knows what that guy's doing out there in Vegas? <laughs> I always am very suspect of people that do not have their cameras on. You know, ever since this COVID thing started, everyone's on these Zoom calls and these Google Meets, and I'm always suspect of what's going on behind the scenes of when people do not have their camera on. What are you hiding back there, Frankie? Well, you know what they say. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And I can't let you guys know. You, you're not, if you come within state lines, I can share it with you. But until you get over those state lines, I really can't share all that. I mean, I'll, I could. I guess I could somehow maybe give you guys a, a free preview, like quick, but let's see if that works. There you go. Now we get to get Frankie inside. Now, obviously, you all can't see the video. You know what I'm saying? But this is pretty cool. This is how we get the show started today as the recording that the platform that we're recording on threw us a curveball. So I get to see Bill's ball head and, I, and hopefully before the end of the program, I'll get to see Frankie. All right. All right so. Yep. And, you What's know, no one, no one gives us a heads up on this. Like, hey, guys, heads, heads up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the technology that you've been using, the software that you've been using for the last six months, it's going to it's going to change a little bit today. Like just like a courtesy would be nice. A professional that would have been that would have been nice, Frankie. Now, normally I do this, Frankie, in my draws on. Luckily, I do have on clothes today. <laughs> uh, well, you better have your draws on. Otherwise, you won't be able to make maybe like a, a one of those. T- those patented runs later if you're going out in the snow without your pants on. <laughs> yeah, well, that, no doubt. That's the thing. It's too damn cold in the Northeast, so you have to have some clothes on. Yeah. I have, like, a fleece hoodie on. I'm freezing. You're lucky out there, Frankie, in that good weather. Yeah, right, well, let's get it's, ready. It's, Go ahead. it's 69 degrees here, so I am. I, I won't lie. I do have a hoodie on, but I have shorts on. Yeah, there you go. They got the hoodie and shorts like a corduroy, like quarter, like a quarter, like corduroy shorts. I never understood the corduroy is supposed to keep you warm, but you have your legs exposed. All right, let's, <laughs> get the, let's, let's get ready to hop in here and talk about some of the things that's going on in the NFL coming up this offseason. Obviously, Bill, I think the big news is going to be Deshaun Watson and his landing spot 
and maybe he does end up back with the Houston Texans. We don't know. That's going to be number one story in the NFL this offseason. Also, <clears throat> on that same front, uh, J.J. Watt has asked and had been released by the Houston Texans. But I want to start with Carson Wentz because, obviously, it's near and dear to this program right here, Bull Market Fantasy, with Jim Cramer being the Eagle fan that he is, Bill. What is going to happen? Here's the thing with the Wentz situation. You get rid of Peterson, and then you still trade Wentz. And now I'm hearing they might even draft a quarterback this year. What is going on in Philadelphia? They're not going to draft a quarterback, are they? And where do you think Wentz lands up, ends up? I think, you know, a lot of the rumors indicate that Chicago is the front runner. I don't see that happening. I think he's going to eventually go to the Colts. He had the most success with their head coach, Frank Reich, who was at one point the offensive coordinator for the Eagles. That was the year that Philly won the Super Bowl. Wentz was having an MVP-type year before tearing his ACL. But that was where Wentz had the most success, under Frank Reich. And I think he joins the Indianapolis Colts. Perfect situation for him. I can't see him going to Chicago. Uh, I, I think Wentz still ha- – I'm not going to – I'm not going to discredit what I saw from Wentz the first few years of his career – after seeing him just have one bad season this past year. Don't get me wrong. He was brutally bad in 2020. But I think the Eagles were just a bad team. Their offensive line was terrible. They really have no wide receivers to speak of. If he goes to Indy, I think they would be instant contenders again uh, to make it to you know the final four of, of the AFC. They'll, they made the playoffs this year with, with Phillip Rivers, and they lost to the Buffalo Bills. I think they, they would be in contention for the AFC championship game if they got a guy like Wentz, not just for 2021, but for years to come. Interesting. AFC Final Four of the Colts, the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Buffalo Bills is kind of like my, my guess would be who the who the four is. Frankie, I come to you, my man. I ask you, I've seen a lot of Carson Wentz this year. And I, I don't think I think it's over. I think he's I, I think it's done. Like I don't think he can be saved. No, I mean, I honestly, in all honesty, guys, I don't know if he can be saved. I agree with you. I don't know if he's also, you know, become damaged goods. I mean, he's had so many injuries and so much bad stuff going on now, obviously off the field, in the locker room. And then to have a superstar of that, you know, ilk to, you know, go from possibly talking about MVP status, getting the kind of contract that he got and then seeing him benched. And in street clothes and not even in uniform towards the end of this past season, I worry about how much of that is really going to have an overall effect going forward. I really don't know if he's, you know, we see it a lot of times, guys, that like a lot of these quarterbacks, you know, once they have injuries or things happen off the field, it really starts to affect the overall psyche. And I don't know what you're really going to be getting. And especially if he was to go to a team like, let's say, Chicago, not even Indianapolis, but if he were to go to the Bears and you got weather, you got wind issues. You know, obviously he's had injury issues playing in colder weather. Won't You know, it's not the best of lines over there. And I worry about in that kind of market, in that kind of city where those fans are really behind that team and they can really jump on him once again, will he be able to sink or swim if all that controversy, once again, if his performance doesn't really live up to possibly giving up a first-round pick or even more, depending on what the overall hole would be in landing him. So if we look at that particular situation, I'm worried about what his overall performance is. I agree with Corey. I'm worried about whether he may ever be able to recover. So so you think, Bill, that the situation in Indianapolis, obviously getting back with Frank Wright, 
Listen, because when you it was it was funny. Doug Peterson's record with with somebody other than Carson Wentz as a starting quarterback is phenomenal. You had Carson Wentz to his record, and he's like a 500 coach. You know what I'm saying? We've heard about the complaining and the pouting in the locker room and all these different things and not wanting Nick Foles there and not – and it's always something that seems like with Carson Wentz. You just think the change of scenery and getting back to somebody familiar with Frank Reich is going to be enough to fix it. They got the O-line. They got the running game in Taylor. T.Y. Hilton is older, and I believe he's an unrestricted free agent this year. But, you know, you got you got Campbell, you got Pickman. You think it can happen? I do. I think I, – I wish I remember the report that I, I – I hate, you know, referencing something and, and not giving the proper credit. It, it was somewhere on Twitter. Yeah, I, 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 that's, that's, all I that's, all, that's all I got for you. That's all I got for you. Somewhere on Twitter. Yeah. Um, I, it might have been in the Philadelphia Inquirer. I'm, re- I'm really not sure. Um, the point is – I read an article based on Carson Wentz or, or sorry, Frank Reich's coaching style was the perfect fit for Carson Wentz's personality. And I think personality, you have to be able to deal with a lot of personalities as the NFL, as an NFL head coach, you can't approach Bill Parcells is, is notorious for this. Bill Belichick is the same, same way. You can't approach every player the same way. You have to coach different players, different personalities, in unique ways. And from what I read and from what the reports were out of Philadelphia was that Frank Reich's coaching style or his approach to dealing with Carson Wentz was the right fit for Carson Wentz. And I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in order to get the most out of people, you have to manage them properly. Not everyone responds to being yelled at. Not everyone responds to being praised. A coach's job is to figure out what makes someone tick and make sure they, they, you know, press that button to make sure they're getting the most out of that player. And from everything I've read about Philadelphia, uh, from Frank Reich's time in Philadelphia and, and his his relationship with Carson Wentz leads me to believe that, yes, he would be able to not only recover, but once again return to form as a top 10 quarterback. I think if you look at the Eagles this year, they were one of the worst receiving cores in football. You have Deshaun Jackson, you have Alshon Jeffrey. They, 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 were, they were nowhere to be found all year. Um, Zach Ertz got hurt. Jalen Rager was a rookie first round pick. He ended up getting hurt, missed, I don't know, almost seven weeks of action. Carson Wentz was throwing to Greg Ward, who played quarterback at Houston in college, and uh, <laughs> Travis Fulgham. Travis Fulgham, who no one knew. For a little bit. What's that? He was all he right for a little, for a little bit. bit. Yeah. He did. Yeah. But no one knew who he was before he started doing all right. No. So, you know, he threw it a bunch of nobodies. And then you add in that they had like 14 different combinations of their offensive line this year. Carson Wentz was was sacked, I think, 55 or 50 times by like week 12. He was shell-shocked. And when you're shell-shocked, you get happy feet. And when you get happy feet, you don't go through your proper throwing motions. You don't go through your proper progressions. You don't have time to really digest what the defense is giving you. And that's to me what Carson Wentz's problem was. His skills did not all of a sudden deteriorate overnight. Now the clear situation with JJ Watt is interesting, Frankie, but I don't want to spend too much time focusing on Watt, but I did know he's mentioned the Cleveland Browns as a place that he might be interested in. So that really gives some credibility to that organization and what they're trying to do. But um, what's also interesting, we've seen DeAndre Hopkins says that he would like to get his former teammate and J.J. Watt out there to Arizona with the Cardinals. Now, we all know what Hopkins is. And listen, I think Watt's at the back end of his career. But, you know, on a team like that that's trying to come up, 
I think he could be a, a good player. Obviously, he's not going to be able to play the whole entire game. It's going to be situational, you know, in order for him to make the, the best boom bang for his buck, Frankie. But the situation in Arizona that's interesting to me is the quarterback. And we saw Kyler Murray have a pretty good year this year. He had times when he looked like an MVP candidate, and then there was times when he didn't look that good at all. Do you think Murray is ever going to be able to stay healthy enough, being that he's so diminutive, to take Arizona deep into the playoffs? It's tough. I mean, I actually think that, you know, as much as we saw, you know, Kenyon Drake and, you know, really kind of come on, but he was at certain points, he disappears. I think that in order for Kyla Murray to be able to go to that next level, I think, and, and really take away from those detractors that worry about his overall size and his accuracy, throwing the ball down the field. I think he needs a dominant defense and a dominant running game. And right now, I don't think he has either one of those. So for me, a guy like J.J. Watt coming over to that defense would make a, you know, a big difference. But let's not mistake this for when, you know, obviously, you know, Reggie White was in his prime and and went on that free agency tour and was, you know, looking to leave. And when he left the, you know, and, and when he went from the uh, Philadelphia Eagles to the Green Bay Packers and instantly took that defense to another level. I'm not so sure that with the age and the injury history of J.J. Watt, if he could do that. Now, when you mentioned Cleveland, that would be an interesting spot because we know that that defense has got some absolute beasts on that defensive line with uh, Miles Garrett already there as well as uh, uh, the name is eluding me the gentleman the guy from the Giants as well Olivier um, Vernon yeah, Olivier Vernon as well. So he wouldn't have to be the guy. I think if he goes to Arizona, he would have more of a focus to be the guy. But I think they need players like that. But I still think that they need, uh, you know, guys, I, I know it sounds crazy, but I feel like they need a guy in the draft like maybe Najee Harris or maybe uh, Travis Etienne. They need their Christian McCaffrey. They need a guy that's going to become an absolute workhorse. I think that, you know, Kenyon Drake has shown flashes, but not enough for Kenyon Drake to be able to get to that, uh, for Kyla Murray to get to that next level. And I think they also need, you know, as much as I love him, we all do, guys. He's, he's brought us a lot of fantasy titles and a lot of fantasy success, and that would be Larry Fitzgerald. He's also on the downside of his career. So I think that they need more weapons than just Larry Fitzgerald. So a running back to kind of take off that pressure and alleviate the ability of the defense not to just really not have to worry about stacking the box, but dropping back more, I think will open up not only more running lanes for Kyler Murray, but also give him the opportunity to really thrive down the field. Bill, how would you rank the quarterbacks in the NFC West? You got Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, and um and, and Gucci and, and Gucci Garoppolo. Russell Wilson's not only the best quarterback in the NFC West, he probably top three, top five quarterback in, in the entire NFL. Um, that's that's one. Then I guess you can give it a Kyler Murray second. Matthew Stafford to me, he would be third, and then Jimmy Garoppolo fourth. Stafford and and Murray, we've seen more out of Stafford because he's played longer. But from what I've saw, what I saw in terms of fantasy, forget about it. It's not. It's it's no question. Matthew Stafford has no you know rushing ability like Kyler Murray has. Um, in terms of more likely to lead their team to a Super Bowl, though, I, I think Stafford might be more likely only because the Rams are already built to win. Uh, the, the Cardinals, they, they have some work to do. That's interesting right there, I wanted, Frankie. I, Go ahead. I actually wanted to ask you guys real quick. If you guys were a general manager right now, and you either team, which side would you rather be if this, tro if this trade ever pr uh, presented itself? Straight up, one for one. Russell Wilson for Deshaun Watson. 
What That's side? Which side? Which side would you rather be on? And who would you rather? And, and who do you think would be getting the better end of the deal? I think you, I, I, based on youth, I think I think you get the better end of the deal with Deshaun Watson based on youth. Now, obviously, you have Russell Wilson, who is a Super Bowl winning quarterback, should, should should have multiple Super Bowls. Um, some you know shoddy play calling and some tough spots. Yeah. But I would say, listen, that's a real close call, Frankie. I would go Watson mainly because of the age. You know, but Russell Wilson, obviously, he's been great throughout the course of his career, and he's still a young man himself. What do you say, Bill? Yeah, I mean, Wilson, he's 32 already. Yeah, he's not. He's not. He's not Tom he'll Brady. Be, he'll be right. But he'll be 33 next next November. Watson's only 25. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that's a big, big difference, guys. Uh, you know. You think about Deshaun Watson and what he can do for your franchise in the next 10 years. He, he'd still be under 35. Wilson, he'd be Tom Brady's age in 10 years. So I don't know if Wilson's going to last that long. I do think Watson will get 10 more years of prime quarterback play out of him. So, Bill, if you were the GM right now of the, of the Texans and they offered you straight up Russell Wilson for Deshaun Watson with that headache that they have in that particular situation, you would decline it because of age? No, well, that's not what the question was. You said I, if I was a GM of any team, which team, which no, quarterback I, would I rather I, take? I'm asking you though, if you were the GM of the Texans, would you take that deal? Uh, yes. You would take that deal over th- maybe two or three first round picks plus Christian McCaffrey from the Panthers. Panthers, yeah, Frankie, you're you're, you're moving you. the goalpost every time you ask a, ask a question. <laughs> oh, you're telling me that nobody moves the goalpost in today's day and age? <laughs> <laughs> Frankie, let me throw this back at you this way, Frankie. If you are the D.C. football team, the Washington football team, would you trade Chase Young for Russell Wilson? Ooh. In a heartbeat. In, in a heartbeat. Abs- in an absolute heartbeat. Yeah, I would too. I can always I can always find myself an edge rusher in the draft. Not Someone, like Chase Young. Not like Chase not, Young, not, no, not Frankie. Like, no. And yeah, not one that's twenty two years old. But I'm also also not going to find Russell Wilson. I mean, that's that's a that's a once in generational talent that all teams are searching for. AKA the Jets, the Giants, every team that seems to be always at the top of the NFL draft every year and regurgitating quarterbacks. It's not that easy to be able to find that kind of talent. Look at the Eagles. They, you know, and, and just, you know, look at the, the even, you know, with Carson Wentz, there's a lot of different teams out there that would give their left arm to have that right arm of Russell Wilson. So for me, if I had that opportunity, I'm trading any defensive player, Jamal Adams, uh, Chase, any of those guys at any, you know, I don't care what it is. I would even have tr- traded Ray Lewis in his prime if I knew I was getting Peyton Manning. Any dogs in the house. Roo, 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 roo. Bill, so <laughs> here's, here's, what I, here's what I say to you, Bill. When you look at a situation, see, I think you can bring. Let me not say like I know I don't want to talk Russell Wilson down, but I think you can bring a quarterback in, get him familiar with your system, coach him up, and get a run out of him. A la Jared Goff, a dude like Chase Young is to me that's different. See, I, I listen. I, ultimately, if I'm the Seahawks, I'm like, nah, we're not going to do that. You know, I get it. And if I'm Washington, I'm. But if I'm Washington, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do that either. There, there's two things that you have to do to be successful in the NFL. You have to be able to pass the football and you have to be able to stop the pass. So b- both of these pieces of the puzzle, Chase Young stopping the pass, Russell Wilson passing the ball. To me, I think the quarterback has more of an impact on, on the offense on a, on a play-by-play basis 
that a defensive lineman or, or defensive end in Chase Young's case where he's getting after the quarterback. Maybe he has five or six quarterback pressures a game. Maybe he has one or two quarterback sacks a game. There's 15 to 20 plays that Russell Wilson has to do right, or any quarterback has to do right in order to put his position, his team in a position to win. So for, th- for that reason, I, I'll always value a quarterback more than any other player, maybe in all of sports, maybe more than a pitcher, maybe more than a point guard or a center, maybe more than a goalie in hockey. I, I think quarterback is the most important position in all of sports. So I'll always lean toward quarter. Whenever you're telling me, would you give up this all-star defense, all pro defensive lineman, defensive end, middle linebacker, whoever it is, if you're comparing it, if you're trading for a quarterback, I will always side with the quarterback. That's why I think the San Francisco 49ers should give up a couple first or second round picks, give up Bosa for Deshaun Watson, because I think the Niners are in a position that if they had Watson on that team, they would be right back in Super Bowl contention with some of these other teams in the NFC, the Green Bay Packers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think the Niners would be right up there with Deshaun Watson under center or any other, or Russell Wilson under center or any of these other Josh Allen under center, uh, any of these other upper echelon, the elite quarterbacks. There's only a handful of the, of the quarterbacks in the NFL. The Niners are, that's their missing piece. They're missing that elite quarterback. Now, it's funny that you're interested uh, that you mentioned that, Bill. And, Frankie, I want to throw this one at you. When you look at the the odds to win the NFC in the 2021-22 NFL season, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are first at plus 450. Then you got the Packers at plus 500. Then you have the Rams at plus 600. And then, Frankie, the 49ers at plus 650. So that 49er thing kind of ties into what Bill is saying. It seems like the bookmakers, the guys out there where you at, they think that maybe if the San Francisco 49ers can show up that quarterback position, they can have a very good shot, not only to win the West, but maybe come out to NFC next year. Yeah, and I think that that's why you're seeing some of the prices that you're seeing, because I think that number is already baked into that anticipation of maybe seeing Jimmy Garoppolo ship back east to maybe go to the 49ers, uh, the Patriots and being reunited with, uh, you know, possibly Bill Belichick over there. And maybe they make some quarterback moves. But I think that number is already baked and factored in because they don't want to get beat. So there's a lot of anticipation now that's being factored in when we look at these futures markets by the odds makers. They're starting to become more proactive. So th- they'll be willing to give you plus six and a half at shorter odds, maybe in, and offer a San Francisco team, maybe where their true odds should actually be right around 18 to one to 25 to one in that range with the current quarterback situation. But they're already shaving that value because they could, they have the ability to do that because as a, as a better, you either ha- you could either take that adjusted, uh, maybe lesser valued number or just pass. And they don't get the opportunity of getting beat on it like they have in in times past. So I think that that's a little bit, you know, I don't think that that's a fair number or an accurate number. I think that number is already baked into the anticipation of maybe seeing them make a move. But it does also speak to obviously what Bill was alluding to, which is the fact that they have a lot of talent both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. But, you know, it all it all comes down for me right now with the way that if, if he if he continues to play at the level that he played in the playoffs and lead that team and, you know, in a, in a running game and that that defense, for me, I don't know how any other team outside of injuries 
is really going to stop or get in the way of Tom Brady going back to another Super Bowl. I would have said it was a possibility of the Saints, but now we know that most likely Drew Brees will probably hang him up after the, you know, after last year and maybe not come back. That hurts their chances. I'm not a big fan of believing in that overall defense and that overall scheme over with Green Bay. So I struggle to see value there. And we see the turmoil that's obviously rearing its ugly head in, in, in Seattle, where we know that Russell Wilson has seemed like he's not very happy, the same as Deshaun Watson at times is not very happy right now. And so it, it, there's a lot of flux over there in that particular situation. But I think that it's going to be real difficult because if we see that same team and we see Brady report, return to that same level with all those offensive weapons, man, they look like a scary team again that looks like they could get right back in that, champ, in that Super Bowl championship game for a second straight year. I want to go to the same thing in the NFC, and excuse me, I do just in the NFC bill to the AFC. Chiefs at 250, obviously. Then you got the Buffalo Bills at 600. Also have the Baltimore Ravens coming in at plus 650. That fourth team in the AFC bill is the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, and this one to me kind of fits, right? We don't know what's going to happen with the Colts situation. I think once we find, figure out their quarterback, I, I could see them jumping the Browns. But here we are in the middle of February. You know, we're just going based off of, of the information we know. Miami Dolphins, they were good last year. So were the Tennessee Titans. Dolphins are 1,200, uh, Tennessee 1,300. To me, the Dolphins are still, uh, you know, I need to see it from Tua, right? If he's going to be yeah. their starting quarterback, we need to see it. Because from what we saw from him from his rookie year, he, he has a lot to still learn and, and um, develop, which is understandable. He was only a rookie. The Browns, though, they got it, right? They got a great running game. They have a good head coach. They have their franchise quarterback. They have a, a good defense. They can get after the passer. Um, the Browns, to me, they'll they'll hover around this fourth or fifth best odds to win the AFC. Maybe the Titans jump up over them. Maybe the Colts do. But I don't think they move beyond beyond the top five in the AFC. Frankie, I, I ask you this, <clears throat> then we'll get ready to get up out of here. Speaking about the Cleveland Browns, um, they kind of got fat off the NFC East this year. They beat up on a lot of NFC East teams. That's kind of what the AFC North did. But So that's one thing. That's one way to look at the Browns coming back into next season. Also, Odell Beckham's going to be back on the team. Do, first of all, do you think Odell's coming back? And I kind of have a some, – uh, something, something tells me that having Beckham back might actually make them worse. I agree. I, I actually, I actually believe that there's a strong chance that we don't even see OBJ in a in a Browns uniform ever again. I think there's there's come there come could become the possibility around draft time or even during the draft where maybe somebody that's a, a wide receiver needy team that wants to see it happen. We saw it happen with the Giants when they traded him when he was even more in his prime than he is right now. OBJ's got that injury history. We know that he could be a malcontent when it comes to not getting the ball because a lot of these wide receivers, on you know, they do have a rightfully deserved name of being a diva because of the fact that they want the ball on a consistent basis. And I believe that with the success that, you know, they were able to get, and I think Bill strongly alluded to it, the Cleveland Browns, they should be a team that's based off of that running game and that short intermediate passing game, utilizing both of those backs that are really good at catching the ball out of the backfield. So for me, I think that that offense, it's going to run through that ground game because arguably when those two guys are going, I don't think there's a better tandem in all of the NFL when it comes to a rushing attack. So for me, I think that it's addition by subtraction. I think that if they get the opportunity to get something of value for OBJ, I think that you'll see him moved. 
All right, we're going to keep abreast of all these stories as we continue to work our way through the NFL offseason right here on Bull Market Fantasy. Once again, Corey Parson, the fantasy executive for Frankie and Bill. We are out.